This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody. It's the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Today is my son's birthday, so happy 10th birthday to my son Aaron. It's going to be a huge weekend in my family. We're doing all kinds of crazy things. We're getting wild and nuts, and hopefully you will too, but in a safe way. Be, be safe and be wild and nuts. Uh, we've got a lot of wild and nutty things to talk about in the world of sports. An exciting game in the NBA playoffs that saw some big swings but ultimately led to the Nuggets taking a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals. We got Game 2 in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. I've got some thoughts heading into that game. We've got an, the NHL Conference Finals getting underway. And last night in the, in the Eastern Conference Final Game 1, that game went on and on and on and on. Plus some NFL and Major League Baseball. All on today's edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by... Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, folks, let's jump right into it. Let's talk some playoff action. Last night in the NBA, the Nuggets had a huge start to the fourth quarter. They went on a 20-5 to run to start the fourth quarter and then hold on to beat the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis 108 to 103 to take a two games to none lead in their best of seven Western Conference final. This was a wild game. Um, It was really close most of the way. Lakers seemed to consistently have a small lead for a lot of the game. At the end of the third quarter, uh, the the Lakers were up. uh, Lakers were up one point at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Sorry, they were up three points at the end of the third quarter. And to start the fourth quarter, the Lakers came, uh, the Nuggets came out hot. But no, it wasn't Nikola Jokic that got him going in the fourth quarter, although he did have a, you know, good game overall. It was Jamal Murray. Now, you may remember in the bubble, this is the same Final Four that was in the bubble. And a lot of the, the success in the bubble was discredited by many people um, as, you know, there was no fans, no pr- less pressure, blah, blah, blah. Even the, the title ultimately won by the Lakers has been poo-pooed to, by some people to some degree. I think we've all done it. Uh, and in that postseason, Jamal Murray was fantastic for the Denver Nuggets. He led them. He helped, along with Jokic, lead them back from two 3-1 deficits earlier in the playoffs before ultimately losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Jamal Murray tore, tore his ACL last year, and this year it had been slow going earlier in the season. So a lot of people thought that maybe Jamal Murray, even though he's not an older player, I mean, he just turned 26 this winter, had maybe seen his better day, wasn't coming back 
well from the injury. Well, as the season went along, uh, Jamal Murray kept playing better and better, and he's been great in the playoffs. Obviously, Jokic is their number one star, but Jamal Murray had been playing uh, fantastic basketball. Well, last night, he didn't get off to a particularly good start, and through three quarters, he only had 14 points. He was not shooting particularly well, um, and he, he just couldn't get it going. And yet, despite that, uh, the, the Nuggets were right there. They, as I mentioned, only down three points at the end of three quarters. So in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, with other guys helping contribute besides Jokic, who, and, and Jokic, well, we'll get to his fourth quarter in a minute, but whether it was Aaron Gordon, whether it was Bruce Brown, who's had some big games off the bench and, and did have a, a good game again last night, uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, especially early, Michael Porter Jr. making some big plays, Guys were contributing, but ultimately, to get over the top, the Nuggets were going to need Jamal Murray last night. And after, as I said, a rough first three quarters in which he didn't shoot the ball well, Jamal Murray went bonkers in the fourth quarter. In that fourth quarter, he scored 23 of his 37 points to lead the way for the Nuggets when Jokic wasn't really doing much. He, he was obviously, listen, Jokic is always a factor. He's grabbing rebounds, had a couple of big offensive boards, some nice passes to set up buckets, including for Murray, set him up a couple of times. He wasn't scoring in the fourth quarter. He was missing shots down the stretch, missed a couple of shots. So they needed some other guys. And that, I said a 15-5 run to start the fourth quarter. I, I meant to say a 15-1 run to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Jamal Murray had been 5 of 17 from the field in the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, he went six for seven, hit four threes, made all but one of his free throws, including down the stretch when they were fouling him. Um, he made a couple of shots just before the shot clock went down. Denver in total hit seven threes uh, in the fourth quarter, and they, they're able to hold on. And it was interesting um, LeBron James looked human. He did not look like it was weird. And may, is this is this finally? Are we finally starting to see a real decline in LeBron? Is this the moment we'll look back to, or is this the moment we'll look back to and say, "Remember when LeBron couldn't get it done in that fourth quarter, and then he went bananas? The Lakers won four straight and won another title." I we'll find out over the next week. But LeBron had a LeBron and Anthony Davis had an awful, awful game, an awful fourth quarter. Now LeBron was nine of nineteen. For, to, to say he had an awful game, that that's unfair. Uh, Anthony Davis had an awful game. He was four of fifteen from the field. Uh, he did he did a good job on the glass, but a lot of turnovers. He was good on the defensive side, but offensively he was terrible. LeBron, unfair to say he had a terrible game. He had twenty two points, nine boards, ten assists. Uh, he shot it. You know, okay, fine. He shot it well, uh, but he was terrible from three, 0 for six. And when it mattered down the stretch, when you usually rely on LeBron the most, some big misses. He got stripped late in the game that sealed the deal. But really, um, the biggest play down the stretch of this game, and I'll 
you know, I'm just going to bring up the play by play so I can get the exact moment because I, I can't remember the exactly how much time was left when this play happened. So I just want to, okay, LeBron James made the two. Um, okay, so there was 29 seconds left. The, the, it was really both the, the Lakers, so the Nuggets had built up the lead. The Lakers made a nice comeback. Denver got a little sloppy. All right. Um, and then Austin Reeves hits a th- with with a minute seven seconds left. LeBron had blocked Jokic's shot. Austin Reeves comes down, hits a three pointer. He was feeling it in the fourth quarter. He, you know, he made that was a big shot, big three. And so the Lakers had been down. Double digits. They cut it to two. That was as close as they would get. 107 left. Reeves makes the three, cuts it to two. It's 101.99. The Lakers then foul Jamal Murray, as we talked about, extremely clutch. He makes two free throws. They go up 103.99. They go back to Anthony Davis, who had just hit a three a little earlier. He misses a three, which was kind of the way the night went for him. 103.99. Nuggets get the rebound. They call a timeout, okay? Now, out of the timeout, they had four seconds to get it over the timeline. Jamal Murray throws a pass from under his own basket. And not a great pass. Jokic probably could have come to get it. He didn't do a great job going after it. They turn it over. LeBron James steals the ball on the bad pass. LeBron goes to the basket, gets by his defender, is there for basically a wide-open reverse layup, a shot he's made a million times in his career, and he blows the layup. And that was the game. That was essentially the game right there. Um, it wasn't over. There was still a little time. But if, he, if LeBron makes that basket with 26 seconds left, it's a two-point game. And... And... And, you know, then you hope for at least one missed free throw, but you're still there. Again, even if he makes that shot, certainly not the Lakers were, were a short thing to win. They were still down two with 26 seconds left. But that's a, Lebr- that's a shot that you expect LeBron to make every time. Reverse layup, and he wasn't even close. It was a terrible shot. Jamal Murray gets the rebound. He gets fouled. He makes two free throws. So instead of it being a two-point game, it's now a six-point game. That's pretty much it. LeBron... Gets the ball, goes right down the basket. This time he makes a bucket. The um, Nuggets really weren't playing any defense there. 105-101, 20 seconds left. They foul. Murray goes one of two, so it's not 100% over. Obviously, it's a long shot. 106-101. Austin Reeves makes a a two-pointer with 13 seconds left. So it's a three-point game. They foul again. They need Murray to miss both free throws. Of course, he makes both five-point game. LeBron has the ball stolen, and that's it. It was probably over there. But the way LeBron and AD played in that fourth quarter, um, it looked like maybe it's the beginning of the end for this team. Now, as we all know in the NBA, things change in a hurry. Uh, It would not surprise me at all if the Lakers went back home this weekend and, you know, played much better and won games three and four at home. But if that doesn't happen, you wonder if this fourth quarter is the moment we look back to 
and say, we finally saw LeBron start to go downhill. I'm not counting out LeBron. I'm just saying, let's note this mentally. Uh, anyway, so game game three of that series is tomorrow in L.A. 8.30 Eastern time is the start on ABC. Meanwhile, in the Eastern Conference, I haven't been with you on the podcast since Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, those pesky Miami Heat did it again. Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 7 assists, and 6 steals. And the, the Heat go bonkers in the third quarter. They were down um, 9 points at the end of, at the half. And by the end of the third quarter, the, the, the Heat had turned a 9-point deficit to a 12-point lead. And they beat Boston 123 to 116. It was an absolute clinic by Jimmy Butler. I mentioned 35 points, five rebounds, seven assists, six steals. Uh, he was just sensational in this game, leading the way. Uh, they had, in fact, everybody that played at least 10 minutes for the Heat, the, they had seven players scored 10 minutes. Uh, seven players play at least 10 minutes. And they all scored double digits except for Kevin Love, who, who still had eight points and six rebounds on three of four shooting in just 16 minutes of play. So it was a great team effort. Pretty much everybody shot well for the Heat. They shot 54% from the field and 52% from three. I mean, it's crazy. It, it was it was crazy. They um, they had you know they were just just killing it from from the three point line. Jason Tatum had 30 in the loss, uh, but but uh, you know Jalen Brown only had 22. Celtics just didn't shoot it as well from three, 35% from three. Uh, they made six less threes, and you know, that's one of the reasons they lost this game. The rebounding was was pretty even. Game two tonight, uh, if you look at the latest Bet Rivers a spread on the game tonight, Boston's a nine-point favorite. I kind of like the Heat to cover. I think the Celtics will win at home, but I expect it to be a close game. Um, so I'm kind of leaning towards the Heat with the points. Uh, for tomorrow night's Nuggets-Lakers game three, the Lakers at home are a six-point favorite in this one. Um, now for the series, the, the Nuggets are minus 480, up 2-0. The Celtics are still minus 200, even though they're down 1-0 in the series. Uh, Celtics were an overwhelming favorite to win that series. All right, we switch it to, to the NHL. I don't talk about hockey very much, but last night after the um, – after the NBA game ended, I went to, to put on the NHL game, which was in overtime. Uh, the Panthers and the Hurricanes, the Panthers have been the biggest surprise of the NHL playoffs. And it took, I, I'll be honest, I didn't stay up. I'm not going to pretend I did. I was watching it for a while. I got too tired. I'm glad I didn't stay up because it went four overtimes. I don't know, know what time the game ended uh, clockwise, uh, pretty late. But, um, Finally, after they had had a, a goal disallowed in overtime, uh, Matthew Kachuk, the son of Keith Kachuk, which I just learned, I, I remember Keith Kachuk, and and uh, his son uh, got the goal um, in the four, in the final seconds of fourth overtime. They saw they they scored that goal with twelve point seven seconds left 
in the fourth overtime. These guys must be just wiped out. It's a crazy amount of uh, playing time. Uh, It's the longest game in the history of either franchise. It's the sixth longest game in NHL history. Florida won its seventh straight road game in the playoffs. And they're five and zero in overtime in the playoffs. This is just insane. Seven straight. I know it. You know, in the ho- we've talked about this before. Hockey, the home ice is not like it is in the NBA or the NFL. That's more like baseball, where it's not quite as meaningful. But still, to win seven straight road games for a team that was, you know, not expected to have a huge run in the postseason is wildly impressive. Game two back in Carolina is tomorrow night. Uh, it's a quick turnaround for two teams that have to be absolutely exhausted. The game took nearly six hours. Six hours. Uh, Panthers forward Ryan Lomberg, after the game, said, this is a funny quote. I don't know if you saw this, Monzo. After the game, he said, we didn't even know what overtime we were in. Are you buying that? That he did? That he really didn't know? You think he's just saying that for dramatic effect? I, I, no, he, he knew. He knew it overtime, but it probably felt like the tenth overtime. Yeah, I mean, six hours is nuts. It's ridiculous that they, these guys, and you know, it's it's equal to both teams. But I, it's going to be interesting to see what this game looks like tomorrow night because that's a ter- that's obviously a quick turnaround from a six hour hockey game. I mean, they essentially played like two and a half games, right? I mean, if if you well, yeah, two and a two and a third games, basically, and I mean, that's had- insane. You got to think about what those players are doing in between the intermissions because they got to be hungry, right? Right, right. So they're eating like bananas and Gatorade and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever the arena has left. Last thing, you, last thing you need is these guys pounding hot dogs in between the third and fourth right. time. Yeah, you know, but like the uh, that's nuts. It's crazy that they've won seven in a row on the road. I know we've made we've talked about it's not that big a deal, road versus home, but still to win seven in a row on the road that's 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 wild. Well, I think I think you said it. Uh, that's not as shocking to me as their overtime statistics. Oh, the five of stri- five over five and zero in overtime. Yeah, because first off, I don't think their goaltending is that great, and for them to be holding the fort in overtime, especially yeah. you know they did it against the Bruins. You know, so it's just it's a remarkable story that yeah. unfortunately nobody's paying attention to. But you know, it's uh, it's been it's been wild. And I told you. Off the air about Matthew Kachuk yeah. a few days ago, right? Yeah, right. We were just talking about him. That's funny. And we were just saying like Odd that's timing. the player you need. That's that's going to really elevate his status. And right, right, right. Yeah, well, that was huge. And other way, he saved them from going to a fifth overtime. Um, the Hurricanes are still favored to win Game Two tomorrow night. They're minus one forty eight at Bet Rivers tonight. Game One in the West, Dallas and Vegas. Who do you think? Let me. Jump All right. Who do you think that? When it, do you think that is more deflating to the Hurricanes, or is that more like fire you up for the Panthers? That like if you come out of that game with a loss, you gotta be like, oh my god, <laughs> especially especially at home, especially you're the favorite, you're at home, like the crowd's with you. I, I would think that's that's got to be hard to come back from. It's got to be. I mean, luck, yeah. they're lucky it's game one, but I mean, oh my yeah, god. <laughs> I, I I think you gotta kind of like, gotta like Florida to win game two. Makes sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, and again, you can get him at plus one twenty to win. Uh, I kind of like that. Um, all right, anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that and we'll see what happens. Again, the Golden Knights are minus one twenty one tonight, so a slight favorite at home. 
against at this point you're not going to have huge favorites this deep into the NHL playoffs. All right. Um one other thing I want oh, I'm going to get to baseball in a minute. Um one other thing I wanted to hit on uh, on the and the NFL here is um the fact that you so it's the rare downtime in the NFL. NFL dominates sports, it's the most popular sport. It dominates the calendar. People watch uh, preseason games over baseball. They watch the draft over uh, NBA playoffs. I mean, it, it, football is king. It's not close. There's no debate. It's, it, it's over, right? Um, but this is the the one time of the year from now uh, to the middle of of July, the next two months, where football for the for a good bit goes off the radar. So now, the the thing that the foot, football world is doing to kill time is we got all the rankings come out, the, the power rankings, the quarterback rankings. Um, and, you know, uh, you'll see some still some transactions. There are some interesting veterans out there, right? Ezekiel Elliott is still a free agent. Kareem Hunt is still a free agent. Julio Jones, can these guys still help NFL teams? There's a possibility the Vikings are going to cut Dalvin Cook. Uh, could DeAndre Hopkins, even though that thing seems to have been settled, could he still get traded? Could Austin Eckler get traded? We did see a big trade, uh, you know, over last week when the when the Browns made that trade with Minnesota. Uh, so you could still see some things, but for the most part, for the next couple of months, things will be kind of quiet. What what makes me nuts? And I love a good list. I love to talk, as someone who's been doing sports talk for twenty plus years now. I love a good list. I love to debate quarterbacks and who's better than who. This is fun. But you got to keep it in that vein. Like too often I here in Cleveland, fans are getting mad because every quarterback list, Deshaun Watson is way down the list. He's not considered one of the top quarterbacks. Well, the reality is Deshaun Watson was terrible last year when he played and he sat out the year before. And he and first of all, everybody, you know, it, when a player gets in trouble off the field, no matter what it is, the, the that team's fans will defend the player and everybody else will hate the player. It doesn't matter what the player does, with almost no exception. It doesn't matter what team he's on. Other fans get up on their high horse and tell you you're a bad fan for rooting for that guy, but they would do the same thing. This is across the board. Uh, but Browns fans got to realize that, like, Deshaun Watson, <coughs> he ain't going to get any credit because nobody likes him. And... He was awful last year, so nobody's going to say, well, he's definitely going to be the guy he was in Houston where he was an excellent quarterback. If he is, then he'll get some credit for it going forward, but uh, uh, he can't get hung up on those things where guys are ranked. It's one person's opinion, two people's opinion. If everybody thinks the Browns stink, if everybody thinks Russell Wilson's not coming back, everybody thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back, whatever they do, make your own list. Don't get, Have fun debating these things. That's what it's supposed to be about, but it always baffles me when people get like angry and pissed yesterday we were talking on my tv show about quarterback rankings and i said that if we were starting a, a if, if every player in the nfl went back went back let's say they were doing a whole league draft for every player in the nfl forget contracts forget the contracts i said just it's just the player obviously you got to factor his age because his age is what it is but forget the contract. I said, let's talk about how the first few picks of the draft would go. And I said, Mahomes would go one. Burrow and Allen would go two, three, whatever order you like them in. 
I think Justin Herbert would go four. And then there's a debate. Who would probably be the fifth quarterback? It could be Lamar. It could be um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Could it, You know, some people think it could be Deshaun Watson. I'm not one of those people. Um, even though I do think Deshaun Watson is going to bounce back. Uh, but I, I said that after the, after the first four guys, that if I'm starting a team and I have the fifth pick in the draft and Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Herbert are off the board, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence at five. And a couple people here got so angry that I put him ahead of Lamar Jackson, that I put him ahead of uh, Deshaun Watson, that I put him ahead of um, uh, who else? Well, oh, sorry. We were just talking the AFC because Jalen Hurts would obviously go. At the time, we were just talking the AFC. But uh, if, if I'm doing the whole league, Jalen Hurts would actually go before Herbert. So it would be um, Jalen Hurts would be fourth, and then Herbert would be five. And then it would be who's the sixth pick. And to me, it was Trevor Lawrence. Now, he hasn't done it long enough because he was not very good as a rookie. He really turned it around the middle of last year. But if I'm starting a team from scratch and Hurts, Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen are off the board, I'm taking me, and I think most NFL teams would take Trevor Lawrence over any of the other quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar's been too injury prone. Lawrence is younger. Watson has his baggage. Lamar, uh, now, Watson at his best certainly was better and Lamar Jackson is best, was also better than what Trevor Lawrence did last year. But like, you know, but those guys have only won one playoff game each. Now, Justin Herbert hasn't won any, and I have him higher because, again, he's younger. Well, at least younger than Watson and no baggage. But I, I, the questions about him are fair as well. But uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be sensational this year. Uh, he didn't come out of nowhere. He was supposed to be great. He looked great the second uh, – back two-thirds of last season, and so he would be my sixth choice after that. those top five guys. But people got so angry, and I just find that so funny. All right, final thing before we wrap things up here. Major League Baseball, some interesting series as we head into the weekend. Uh, I, I like this pitching matchup, even though neither guy's pitching great. The Mets and the Guardians will play – Tonight in City Field, start of a, a three-game series. Cal Quantrill on the hill for the Guardians and Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. Now, Carrasco is getting old. He's off to a bad start. He was hurt, just came off the injured list. He's 36 years old now. But uh, he's pitching against the Guardians, which is really cool because obviously he pitched for the, for the Indians, now Guardians, from 2009 to 2020. I thought he might be a lifelong member of Cleveland, which they don't get very often. But he, got, he was part of the Francisco Lindor trade. So you got Lindor and Carrasco playing against the Mets, uh, against the Guardians. And you have Jimenez and Rosario, who were traded to the Guardians in that deal, playing against the Mets. So that should be a fun weekend uh, with that series. Uh, if, if you want to watch a, a guy who's pitching really well, who's very under the radar, Zach Gallen of Arizona. He's pitching against Pittsburgh tonight. Pirates uh, have fallen, kind of fallen apart here since their great start. Another pitcher you don't hear that much about, even though he's been maybe probably the best pitcher in baseball the last two years, Shane McClanahan of Tampa Bay. The guy's unstoppable. Every pitcher goes down around him. Uh, he's been absolutely great. Um, so there you go. He's pitching tonight at home against Adrian Hauser and the Brewers. Good pitching matchup. 
of young pitchers in Atlanta tonight, a game on Apple TV between the Mariners and the Braves. Bryce Miller, the youngsters come up, and he's pitched well or for Seattle. One run allowed in 19 innings in three starts, just seven hits and a walk with 18 Ks. He's been absolutely great in his first three starts. Meanwhile, Bryce Elder, you know, finding his way into this Braves rotation, um, he's pitched very well also. And his last start, um, I mean, he's just been real solid. He's only given up more than three runs once, and that was a game against the Marlins at the end of April. He gave up four, but he's given up two runs or less in six of his eight starts this year. Um, and, he, and he's done it against Toronto and Baltimore, some good Houston. He's, he's done a really nice job. And he wasn't, uh, you know, you didn't know for sure he was going to be part of the rotation, but, man, the Braves are so tough. He's pitched well. Charlie Morton, after a slow start, has done a really nice job. So um, Braves, Braves are tough. Good pitching matchup there. Uh, that's... I thought there was one more good pitching matchup. Uh, uh, um, Sandy Alcantara and Anthony DiSclefani. I like that one late. I won't be staying up to watch that game, though. Marlins-Giants late tonight. Joe Ryan has pitched real well for Minnesota, and he's going up on the West Coast against the Angels as well. Uh, We've reached the quarter pole of the season, just past the quarter pole of the season. Uh, coming up on my uh, Bet Rivers game preview today, Bobby Valentine's going to join me. I'll have that video out later today. Talk about if anybody can stop the Rays. As great as the Rays have been, they're only up three and a half games, not on the Blue Jays, not on the Yankees who have gotten out of last place, not on the Red Sox, but only three and a half up on the Orioles. It, it is, it's amazing that every team in the American League East is at least four games over 500, but that you you'd think with it with Tampa Bay is 19 games over 500 and yet the last place team in the division is only seven and a half out that's how good that division's been the AL Central continues to be trash um the twins who lead the AL Central would be tied for last in the American League East they have the same record as the last place Red Sox but instead of being seven and a half out they have a three and a half game lead over both Cleveland and who won their last game of their series with the White Sox yesterday, and the Tigers, who have played better baseball of late. Braves actually have the biggest lead in all of baseball, four and a half games, even more than Tampa. They're 27-16. and 16. Miami, the only other team in the NL East that's over 500. The Mets have been a huge disappointment, although they've won four in a row. Philly seemed to be riding the ship. Now they've dropped four straight. The NL Central stinks, although the Cardinals don't look now are starting to play well, only six games out. I thought they'd win the division. They got off to a horrendous start. Nobody pulled away. Milwaukee was playing well earlier. Pittsburgh was playing well earlier. Uh, by, by the end of the weekend, the Cardinals will be in third place. And the Dodgers kind of back where they belong. But Arizona's hanging in there. They're playing really well. Arizona's got the third best record in the National League. They've been a big surprise. 25-19. and 19. I mentioned Zach Gallon going for them tonight. He's been great. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for uh, Bonzo for producing. I'll be back on Monday doing my Cleveland show. And again, we'll have the game preview. Uh, George Carl we had yesterday on the game preview and uh, another Bet Rivers video with uh, Bobby Valentine breaking down the American League East later today. I'll talk to you next uh, on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of Bet Rivers.
See everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.